is Decoding Learning Differences with Kimberlyn Lavelle, and this episode is Getting Your Kid Help in Public School. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about how if you've got your child in a public school situation and you want them to get some extra help, you're worried about their academics, their educational progress, you think they need accommodations, whatever it is, you want them to get extra help through the public school system, here's what to do. So request an evaluation. Um, when you're requesting an evaluation, you need it to be in writing. Ideally, I would recommend emailing it to multiple people. Principal, if you are, have the email for the school psychologist or a school counselor, an SST coordinator, anything like that that's in charge of interventions, a reading specialist maybe. If you know the education specialist's email, that's your special ed teacher, um, the resource teacher, those are all other names for it. If you know that person's email address, send it to them. You can even send it to the secretary to send to whoever else you need um, or include in the request to send it to everyone else. You sending it to multiple people makes it more likely that one of those people knows their legal obligation of what they need to do with that letter. Um, and also that someone opens it in that timeline, you've got that that receipt. And a lot of emails, um, you can set it up that you get a receipt when they open it. So you can set that function. You can also email it to everyone and hand deliver it to the front office and ask for it to be time stamped, date stamped, and returned back to you with a copy given back to you, I should say, copied back, um, given to you so that you have a record that they were given this at this day time, it was received this day time. The, the biggest thing you need to request is exactly what you're asking for. I request my child be evaluated to determine eligibility for an individualized education program or IEP. You might choose to say that you want your child to, you want to, your child to be evaluated to determine eligibility for a 504 plan. Um, IEP tends to be, the biggest thing is it has services, accommodations, goals. Um, 504 plan is just the accommodations piece in general. There's exceptions, there are some services with 504s, but in general, not so much. Um, so if your child needs more than just accommodations, you want to go the IEP route. If they're good with just accommodations, you can go the 504 route. The one issue that I want to make clear is that the 504 legal obligations do not give a timeline of when everything has to happen. An IEP, other than like reasonable amount of time. An IEP gives a specific timeline. So requesting an IEP puts them on a timeline that they have to do things within. Um, also include in your email whatever your areas of concern are and the suspected disability. What your, um, kind of two ways to say the th same thing. You can say, I'm worried because my child is making very little progress in reading and I... I suspect that they might have a phonological processing disorder, or you can just say a specific learning disability. You can say dyslexia even, 
um, although not many schools do not would not use the term dyslexia in their report or on their IEP, but they understand what it is at least to some degree. Um, typically, um, we talked about the IEP versus the 504. Um, let me go back a little bit. So, uh, also in that letter, you it's beneficial to also include if there is an actual diagnosis of anything. It's useful to include um, any family history of learning difficulties, learning challenges, and any interventions that you have that you have done or that have been done by the school. Because a lot of times you're writing a letter to the principal or the special ed director, even if, if you are put sending it that high, they don't know what your child has been doing. Now they might, because a lot of administrators are very involved, um, especially like principals and stuff. Sometimes they are very involved. They know the kids who are struggling. They know most of the school, the kids on campus, and they kind of have some general idea of where they're at academically, what is being provided to them. They might know who is getting certain interventions. But you can list them in writing, even if you know that this person knows, even if this person is the one providing the intervention, you can write it down and say, you know, this my kid has been getting this intervention for X number of months and is still struggling. Can we do something about that, please? So. Um, so some other useful terms to know is you and you might include this any any one of these in your well some of these you might choose to include in your request or they might be part of the report that you get back so just knowing them can kind of be helpful um you can also definitely google these to get a little little more detail on it fape f-a-p-e is free and appropriate public education so your child is being denied FAPE if the school is not following their obligation for child find to identify a student with a learning challenge um, who would be eligible for an IEP. So you could include in there, I would like to determine FAPE for my child. I don't you know, I don't, I think they're being denied FAPE right now by not having, not having had an evaluation. Like you, you could even go that far or you can just say, I don't think FAPE is being provided because they're not making progress or I would like to re-examine FAPE after an evaluation is completed. Um, least restrictive environment is, what is the least restrictive classroom environment generally? in which your child can make progress academically and have the most access to general education peers. So it's the least impact on their social state, their emotional state, um, and their academics. So how are they gonna get all of their needs met and also not hinder other things? So it's a balance of plenty of time with gen ed peers while also getting all of the services they need. And how much is that? Um, that'll be discussed. Least restrictive environment, LRE. PWN, prior written notice. That is if the district is telling you no. That's the most important time that you need to know what a prior written notice is. The district says, no, we're not going to request, we're not going to evaluate your child. It's unlikely um, 
just in that if you've written in there that you suspect this disability for this reason with this level of interventions having been provided, it's going to be hard for them to justify that. Like, I'm not sure that would stand up in court. You can kind of even come back with, I'm not sure that would stand up in court. I, and you might take it to the next level. Um, because I'm concerned that my child will not be receiving FAPE if this is not, if this assessment is not made. You know, throwing the jargon at them sometimes makes them stand up. Out of compliance is a big one to, to use if things are not going the way that you feel like they should be going. Um, I would encourage you to check yourself. Are you being reasonable? Is it something that the school is actually responsible for? Um, you know, like the school is not responsible for diagnosing if your child has ADHD. That is a medical thing. The school is not re responsible for diagnosing if your child has dyslexia. You're, the school is not responsible for diagnosing anything because they cannot diagnose anything. It is actually out of their jurisdiction or whatever you want to call it. It's not their job. Their job is to make sure that your child has whatever they need to make academic progress, appropriate progress. So they they need to assess if your child should be on an IEP if there's a reason to do so. They need to assess if your child should be on a 504 if there's a reason to do so. Um, and it shouldn't even take you writing a letter, but it often does. So um, anyways, so prior written notices if they're saying no and why are they saying no? And then you can respond back to that. Um, um, and then you'll get into the other things that you might need to know. Like, you might not get a, if you're looking for dyslexia, for example, and you suspect dyslexia, they might not say your child has dyslexia, but they might say your child has a specific learning disability impacting their access, their progress in reading basic reading skills or something along those lines or and it might also get into um then based on or due to a processing deficit in and then it'll list their processing disorder so and there's a few different ways they'll word that um some some areas some states districts will just say specific learning disability in reading and writing that that means dyslexia in the broad in the broad sense of the term dyslexia um at, when we think of dyslexia as just meaning a deficit in reading development and of course there are various terms used to define dyslexia we have an episode on that so check that out but um you if you're if you're getting that diagnosis you're not going through the school to get a diagnosis. You're going through the school to get help. So you go through, you've got the timeline. Um, and I already talked about that. Family history, examples of concerns, um, any medical diagnoses your child has, include all of that in the letter. So then we get into timelines. The timelines that you need to know are that, and this varies by state somewhat. So unless your state is different, so look it up in your state because some states are different. They have their own regulations. This is like the federal suggested, but in the federal guidelines, it says that each state can make their own if they choose. So check your state. Um, like for example, in California, this is true. I don't know every single state, 
by the heart. I know um, Florida is different. I think it was Virginia was different. Maybe Tennessee. So there's a few that are different. Check your state. See what the guidelines are. Calendar days, meaning weekends are part of this. Calendar days, 15 days from when you give the letter. No, let me rephrase that. 15 days from when they receive the letter. This is why the timestamp is helpful. 15 days from when they receive the letter, they need to respond to your request. They can respond with a prior written notice saying, no, we will not assess your child. And this is why. But again, if your letter is thorough, it's hard for them to deny. They can respond with, let's meet. And hey, we wanna do these interventions, will you rescind your request? If you don't rescind your request and they do not provide a prior written notice saying no, then they need to provide an assessment plan within those 15 days. You gave the letter, they need to give the assessment plan within 15 days. There are some school districts where they seem to be confused and they think that if they meet, that's the response, and then from the meeting they have 15 days to do the assessment plan. Well, now they've just given themselves an extra 15 days, they're delaying your child's access to FAPE. So, nope, not okay. Um, you can point out to them the law that um, means it's not okay and they need to make it appropriate. So 60 days from when they receive the assigned assessment plan. So again, walk into the front office, hand it to them, have them timestamp it, copy it, give it back to you. So 15 days, 60 days from when they receive that, they need to have the child assessed in all areas of suspected disability and then meet with you to determine if your child is eligible for an IEP or a 504. Well, for an IEP. These timelines are for IEPs, which is why I would recommend requesting an IEP because then you have these timelines. 504s can be faster in a lot of places because you already, especially if you already have the diagnosis and you're just asking for a 504, it can be very fast and you can start that way because it can be very fast. If you're getting into resistance, you can switch to asking for an IEP because then they're on these specific timelines, whereas 504 is like reasonable amount of time and it can be vague. Um, but within 60 days, they have to have met with you. Again, calendar days. They only have two months. They have to have met with you, except for where a school break is more than five days. That's where all of these get paused during the school break, um, which is to your child's benefit. You want to make sure they have enough time to actually evaluate your child appropriately. This gets really hard at Christmas time. You don't want to pull the kid out of all of the Christmas activities to assess them and then they're gone for two weeks, but that counts against their timeline. It's hard to get a full evaluation that's appropriate and a good picture. So it, it is to the your child's benefit that it does get paused over the school breaks, I think. Um, and then 30 days within meeting for the, the meeting that says they're eligible for an IEP. If they're found eligible, they then have 30 days to develop an IEP. Most districts I've seen develop the IEP, they prep and develop that initial IEP right in that same meeting where you determined eligibility um, rather than then meeting again. They kind of do it all at once. It can be a long meeting, it can be overwhelming. You can ask for a break, you can ask for it to be reconvened later. Um, 
You can ask for the assessment ahead of time before the meeting so that you have time to look it over. Don't expect to have a week. Um, you can ask for a week. <laughs> it's hard for them to get it done within the 60 days and give you time to look at it. Um, so keep that in mind. They're, they, they are trying their best. They're overworked. Um, when you're looking at it, you if you're looking at an evaluation, you're looking at 80 to 110, sorry, 80 to 120 is average-ish. 80 to 90 is kind of low average. 110 to 120 is high average. 90 to 110 is the more average. Anything below 80 in these standard scores, SS or standard score, is that area of concern of what's going on. There's a problem here. Um, and talk. Talk to the team. Ask them to explain things. Ask lots of questions. You, your kid benefits from you asking all the questions and trying to understand it because it's a lot to understand. And people who go over these reports every single day, every day of the year, they understand it and sometimes they forget that they haven't explained it to this person sitting in front of them. Um, so ask the questions, stop them, make sure you understand it. <sighs> the biggest takeaway I want you to take from this is ask for what your child needs in writing, document everything, and trust that you know best. If they meet with you and discuss all the progress your child has made and the interventions that are happening and they want to keep doing it, and, and you do feel that, yeah, actually, I guess my kid doesn't need to be evaluated, and you genuinely feel that, you can rescind your request. And if you don't genuinely feel that, but you feel like you're pressured into it, just don't rescind your request. Be like, you know, I'm just going to be difficult. I'm sorry, but... It's, I guess it's the mama bear in me or whatever you want to call it, whatever, you know, if you want to, to kind of keep it friendlier, sometimes being a little self-deprecating can help, help smooth things over a little, like you're kind of making a joke and then, but no, I'm not going to rescind my request. So instead of being aggressive, why would you even ask me that? That's not appropriate. Well, so you know best. I am in all of my years, there's very few parents who were wrong about their child having a disability. Um, the parents, there were parents who were in denial and didn't want to accept that their child had something different about them. And eventually they came around and realized that their, their child really was struggling and did benefit from extra help. But the parents who in kindergarten were saying, my kid has dyslexia or my kid has ADHD or there's something wrong with my kid. I don't know what, but they just, they aren't understanding this is this. And the school, it, the, the parents almost always know that there is something wrong. They know their kid really well. Trust that gut instinct. Go with it. Fight for it. You got it. Okay. Send me your questions, your concerns, anything you want me to go deeper into. If you have specifics about your specific situation, your specific child, you can email me, um, Kimberlyn at decodinglearningdifferences.com. I look forward to hearing from you, and I'll talk to you again next week. Bye.